Sonoran sushi and Mexican sushi as a whole is a little more fun. It's a little more glitzy. You heard that right. Sonoran sushi. What is it? And how did it come about? That's what intrigued one listener to ask us to dive into its history. And what does a fusion between traditional Japanese sushi and Mexican food create? Here's a quick explanation of the elements that make up traditional Japanese sushi from the Arizona Republic's food expert, Andy Berlin. She joined our dining team just a few months ago, but has spent the last 10 years reporting on the Tucson food scene. Yeah, so Sonoran sushi is, it's a completely different ball game than traditional Japanese sushi. And I think that, you know, traditional Japanese sushi is focused on technique, It's focused on simplicity. It's focused on purity of ingredients. Traditional Japanese sushi's main ingredient is vinegared rice. You'll find that Sonoran sushi rolls have those base ingredients like rice and seaweed, but then they have their own twist. Fried, it can be fun, it can be sweet, it can be spicy. It has that Sonoran Mexican aesthetic to it. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. We'll break today's episode down into three parts. First, we're taking a trip down to Puerto Penasco, commonly known to Arizonans as Rocky Point, to check out a local sushi restaurant. Then Andy will rejoin us to give a sense of how Tucson and Southern Arizona has made itself known for its Mexican sushi. And finally, you'll hear from a local Valley restaurant owner who was one of the first to introduce this food trend to Metro Phoenix. Maritza, take us to Puerto Penasco. Puerto Penasco is often dubbed Arizona's beach town. Just four hours from Phoenix, you'll find a small town that in the last few decades has grown, attracting tourists from Mexico and the United States alike. Every trip I make to the beach town, I'm always surprised by a new business or restaurant. For the last 23 years, there's one restaurant on the popular Calle 13 Street that has prospered, Sushi Sun. I met up with Rudolfo Valdez, a chef at Sushi Sun. I asked him to break down how Sonoran Sushi got its start. We spoke in Spanish, but don't worry, I'll translate. While the Mexican-Japanese fusion is often called Sonoran Sushi, it officially got its start in another Mexican state, Sinaloa. Rudolfo said this is where they created the most variations of roles. And from there, it's spread out throughout the country. The majority of Sinaloa has a coastline, and a lot of their traditional recipes include seafood. In Sinaloa, they're known for their shrimp. So you'll find many shrimp-based rolls, including in the style of aguachile. So how long has Mexican sushi been around? Aquí en México, It's been about 15 years since the boom of sushi took hold in Mexico. Each state in Mexico has their own style of making sushi rolls. So I asked Rudolfo what ingredients make Sonoran sushi rolls. In Sonora, la carne hace que nuestros rollos de mar y tierra... It's the beef from Sonora that makes their rolls stick out. And it's what tends to be the main ingredient. 
you see it on Sushi Sun's menu. There's the mari tierra roll with beef, shrimp, cream cheese, and avocado, which is then breaded and fried. You've also got sweet rolls like their mango roll. It has coconut breaded shrimp with cucumber, avocado, covered in cream cheese with a mango dressing on top. You'll find 36 different rolls on their menu. But they also make traditional sushi with raw fish. The proximity to the ocean ensures that their fish is always fresh. Todos los días tengo camarón fresco aquí en la mesa, eh, la pesca del día. Every day he has fresh shrimp and fish. Rudolfo takes pride in picking out fresh ingredients. He loves the ability to ensure that the food he serves to his customers is of the highest quality. He also enjoys bringing a small town like Puerto Peñasco new and modern foods. While I was there, I got a taste of what Sushi Sun had to offer. I had a basic California roll, you know, crab, avocado, and cucumbers wrapped up in seaweed and rice. The twist comes with how you eat it. Usually you eat it with soy sauce, ginger, and wasabi. Not at Sushi Sun. They have their own house soy sauce. Tiene pepino, zanahoria, chilito, eh, cebollín, y una salsa de soy especial. It has carrots, cucumbers, chives, and chili pepper in it. So here's how you eat it. You drizzle the house soy sauce on top with the vegetables, add a slice of vinegared jalapeno, then you sprinkle lime juice and top it off with a chipotle mayo. He said, now you've added that Sonoran touch. It created a fresh, spicy taste with a bit of a crunch. This way to eat a California roll is really customizable. If you don't like spicy food, skip the jalapeno. If you don't like the bitterness of the lime, you can pass on that too. So just a quick recap. Mexican sushi took Mexico by storm roughly 15 years ago. Some of the main elements you'll find in a Mexican sushi roll are beef, cream cheese, and the breading. So that's how Sonoran sushi is done in Sonora. Now, let's take a trip to Tucson. Well, kind of. I sat down with Andy Berlin, who you heard from at the top of the episode. She looked into this trend when she reported out of Tucson. And one thing Andy noted was there weren't many brick-and-mortar Sonoran sushi restaurants around. And that's because of this. Yeah, well, I think that Tucson has a huge food truck culture. Uh, a lot more so than Phoenix and probably anywhere else in Arizona, especially on the south side of Tucson around South 12th Avenue, which has a huge Latino Latina population. Um, a lot of people that are directly from Sonora live down there. And I think that Sonoran sushi has become more popular over the last few years down in Tucson. And so people started realizing I can have my own truck. It's cheaper and easier to manage a food truck than to rent out a whole building. Andy also noticed that a lot of these trucks parked in interesting locations around Tucson. I went to one on Ajo that was right next to a tire shop. And people are just, you know, there's like a car, like there's car shops and tire shops and then a person serving sushi. And it's basically like fried carne asada in sushi. That truck had a large takeout customer base. And on the day Andy was there, 
there was an hour wait for the takeout boxes of sushi. There are tons of food trucks all specializing in their own unique roles. There was one specifically that she recommends people check out because it had such a peculiar menu item. One of my favorites is this food truck on South 12th Avenue. It's called El Sushi, El Sushi de Papa. And they serve this creation that I've never seen before. It's like a deep fried sushi dome. So it's not a roll. It's like a dome of sushi. And then you cut it in four pieces and they're like, you know, these pieces of like a dome. <laughs> and inside is cream cheese, rice, carne asada, chicken, I believe. And then it's topped with crab salad. Mexico and Sonora have well over a century long history with Asian immigrants. It's perhaps why Mexicans have embraced Asian cuisine in the way that they have. Andy said there are sushi restaurants in nearly all Sonoran cities like Hermosillo, Nogales, and of course, Puerto Peñasco. Tucson's connection with Sonora is one of the main reasons why we see a Mexican sushi scene there. So if you want to know what Sonoran food is, go down to South 12th Avenue and do a taco tour or do a Sonoran sushi tour and just learn about the cuisine of the state that's just below us, our neighbor, Sonora. Now, if you're not planning a trip to Puerto Peñasco or Tucson anytime soon, there are Mexican sushi spots you can try closer to home. Take Señor Sushi in Phoenix. It has three locations, including one on 43rd Avenue and Indian School Road. That's where I met up with Eduardo Gonzalez, the owner of the restaurant. I asked him how he discovered Mexican sushi. Well, it's a little bit over 10 years ago uh, in Hermosillo. Uh, believe it or not, I was surprised and what uh, triggered my uh, idea of trying to look more into Senor su um, uh, Sushi. It, it was that we ate tacos uh, in Hermosillo in one corner and two weeks, three weeks later, we went back and they were actually selling sushi and in the same taco stand. So that's what triggered my interest in, in finding out more about it. He started to do more research on the food trend and realized he could be one of the first to bring it to the valley. You know, it, it had not hit the uh, United States and I, I searched all over the country in the big cities like LA, uh, Chicago, and I didn't see anything like it. So I came back and started uh, working on developing our own original recipes uh, on, on dishes, and uh, that's how we started working on that. He hired a traditional sushi chef in the States and a sushi chef from Sinaloa to come up with their own menu. One distinguishing element is that he uses panko breadcrumbs rather than regular breadcrumbs. He said panko absorbs less oil, giving it a lighter and crunchier taste to the fried rolls. I asked him, what is the most popular dish on his menu? Uh, we got two that are the most popular ones, which is the guamuchilito and the carne asada roll. Can you explain to me uh, what you find in those? Uh, the guamuchilito is uh, uh, shrimp tempura inside with crab meat, and then it's got uh, uh, shrimp, 
uh, cooked shrimp on top with some uh, cream cheese and then uh, it's, it's deep fried uh, with panko breading and then it's topped with uh, orange sauce and eel sauce. And the other one, with the carne asada? And the carne asada, this is your typical carne asada. We use really good uh, meat. Uh, we do the carne asada, and it's got tomatoes, it's got a little bit of cilantro, uh, it's got a jalapeno, and again, it's deep, deep fried uh, with panko breading, and topped with uh, orange and eel sauce. Not only have they introduced this style of sushi to the Latino community here in Arizona, but they also began serving traditional sushi. Eduardo has used his restaurants as a place for his customers to try new foods. And it's interesting because I told people that a little bit at a time we're gonna introduce that to the Latino community. When we first opened, uh, we used to buy two fillets of different kinds of fish uh, because you know that was not something that they would typically order. Uh, right now, uh, so the last four or five years, we order between 40 and 60. So you see the Mexican community uh, kind of uh, experiencing uh, the raw sushi. So it's very interesting and I think we'll be able to introduce that to the Latino community. He's had friends who said they would never eat raw fish. After some convincing on Eduardo's part, they've since converted. All of a sudden, you see them eating uh, a raw sushi salad, you know, which they, five years ago, they say they would never try it, so. Ten years ago, Senor Sushi and Eduardo introduced Mexican sushi to the valley. Moving forward, he plans on expanding his menu and exposing the Hispanic community to other traditional Japanese food. The conversation behind Mexican sushi has been controversial at times, with some critics hoping the trend doesn't stick. For Eduardo, it's here to stay. Uh, I think that the ultimate decision is our customers and our customers that keep coming and we keep getting new customers. It's, it's been interesting to see how the, the, the sushi fusion has developed in, in the Arizona community. So Kayla, that's how Mexican sushi has taken a hold in Mexico and in Arizona. I have to say that I tried Mexican sushi for the first time while reporting out on this episode. So, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the house soy sauce in Puerto Peñasco at Sushi Sun, but I also enjoyed the carne asada roll that I had at Señor Sushi. So, you know, if you're feeling a little adventurous, I'd say give it a try. Have you ever had this Mexican-Japanese fusion and would you be willing to try it? You know, I have never heard of putting beef in sushi and I 100% would try it. I will add it to my to-do list for the next time I go down to Rocky Point. Maritza, thank you so much for diving into this food trend for us. And listeners, if you're interested in following Andy Berlin's work with the Republic's dining team, make sure to follow her on Twitter at A-N-D-I Berlin. If you've got more food-related questions, make sure to submit them to our team at valley101.azcentral.com. And if you're a regular listener of our show, please consider supporting it by subscribing to azcentral.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. 
If you're a fan of Arizona politics, be sure to check out The Gaggle, our sister podcast that breaks down local issues and helps you keep up with the state's political news. All right, see you next week.